All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Uh, we have a great episode today. I am in a great mood because on Saturday night, Texas Tech beat Oklahoma 51-48 in overtime. They came back from 17-0 down. They came back from 24-6 down. Down 18 points, they came back. Didn't matter. Texas Tech finishes the year 7-5. and Not only that, not only that, but Texas Tech has finished fourth in the Big 12. They finished 5-4 and four in conference play. Their best Big 12 record since 2009. Uh, they have swept Texas and Oklahoma in the same season for the first time in school history. They've been playing both teams uh, every year since 1996. They just swept them both for the first time. They go 6-1 and one at home this season. And add on to that, uh, we'll have some Maui to talk about. Uh, not the best results. I don't think it's any real reason to worry yet. Um, and also, we have Battery Gate from the Texas Tech OU game. We'll talk about all that and more. All right, so starting with the on-the-field action, this was a great game for Texas Tech. It didn't start great, admittedly. Uh, they struggled very early on. They fell down 17 nothing. It started horribly. It started horribly for Texas Tech. They had a great return on the kick which is the first time that we've been able to say that all season that is really the first time we've been able to say that all season and what they do they do first play uh they turn it over they turn it over and OU goes down the field scores OU gets the ball back scores again uh they get the ball back score again only three that time 17-0 it was looking like a disastrous showing for Texas Tech the offense couldn't get anything going, but guess what? Tyler Shuck, he finished the day 31 of 50, 436 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Sir Roderick Thompson got a good amount of touches, 22 carries, 86 yards with a couple touchdowns. Taj Brooks, 12 carries, 26 yards. The run game wasn't going that great. Sir Roderick Thompson at the 3.9 yards a carry clip, Taj Brooks at the 2.2. But still, they stuck with the running game. They got 45 total runs in, uh, combining the two backs. I know a lot of people were upset with their touches against Iowa State. Well, they got a lot more today. They got 34 touches. It wasn't that dynamic, but Roderick Thompson really got going as the game moved along. You can tell he was running a lot better. He was running a lot more aggressive. Everything really started to click with about six minutes left in the second half. Or in the first half, I'm sorry. Because Texas Tech was down 24-6. They go down, score a touchdown. Go down, score another touchdown. And on the broadcast, I, I was at the stadium, so I wasn't watching the broadcast live. But I know that they were talking about, oh, with this OU offense, 148, that's plenty of time. Then Texas Tech gets the ball back with all the momentum. All the momentum in the world. And the broadcast was talking about, ah, not enough time. Not enough time, less than a minute. They go down, get a field goal, 24-23. The game was completely flipped, completely flipped on his head on its head by that point in the game. And in the second and third quarter, Texas Tech just completely dominated the game. Oh, you brought it back in the beginning of the fourth, but this game really, really got going with about eight and a half minutes to go. It was tied 38 all. Momentum starting to swing back to OU. And Tyler Shuck finds Jerram Bradley down the middle of the field for a 44-yard touchdown pass. I mean, 
I'll tell you what. I know Steelers fans. Steelers fans would give anything for a 44-yard touchdown pass right now. That that was a bomb right there. Tyler Shuck had a plenty of time in the pocket, completely clean pocket, which, by the way, our offensive line has improved greatly, greatly this season. Of course, doesn't last that long. Uh, Gabriel finds Willis down to the Texas Tech 23, and then they eventually punch it in from the one to make it 45-all. And then things got concerning. So Texas Tech takes over. They get, I believe, a false start, have a loss of four. Second and 19, a little less than six minutes ago. Tyler Shuck picked off, going kind of towards the sideline. It looked more like a deep curl route or a hitch route, something like that. Something where they were coming back on. Um, and at that point, it looked like Texas Tech was in trouble. The good news was there was still about six minutes left. We had all our timeouts. You thought that we were definitely getting another shot at it. But we were putting it in the defensive hands at that point. And the defense stepped up. Third and seven, they make a big tackle. Uh, there was a second guy there. I don't even think they needed it. Our first guy got him. And I will say, our tackling this game was much, much better. Um, our tackling seems like it's improved a bit throughout the season. It was a lot better this game. There were definitely some points where it wasn't great. But overall, the tackling I thought was really good. The defense got off to a slow start, put in the bad positions. They had a breakdown. They lost Marvin Mims on a deep touchdown pass. But overall, in the second half, the defense really started to step up a bit, especially in those crucial moments when they were when OU took over in field goal range already in a tied game late on, and then again in overtime, they stepped up again. And then the highlight play, taking over down three, third and seven, Taj Brooks, a nice little pass out of the backfield. I believe It wasn't a screen. He was a check down there. Um, but he's going towards the sticks. He probably has it, but he's taking no chances, goes up, I, I don't know how high he ended up in the air. I was kind of watching from midfield at the game, and it looked like he went 10 feet up in the air at some points of his body, maybe even more than that, but gets the first down. Incredibly, incredibly gutsy play by Taj Brooks there. He was willing to do whatever it took. And then the very next set of downs, we got forced into fourth and seven. Shuck didn't have enough time. It wasn't clean pocket. He had to scramble out a bit. Found Lok Fungi across the middle. Uh, I believe that he was held on that play too, so it would have been a first down either way. But he makes a sliding grab. Huge play. Gets us in OU territory. Gets the first down. That really was a make-or-break type of play. And Tyler Shuck used his legs to find the space. Then after that, we get a first down on a Shuck keeper. And this play on third and four, I thought that Texas Tech got the first down. Watching it live, I thought he got it. The announcer yelled, "Woo! he got it. Um, apparently, he was inches short. I really thought he got the first down. Um, I was surprised that the review didn't overturn it. So that set up Trey Wolf from 43 yards. And man, what can you say about him? I mean, for a guy, he was a starter in 19, got the yips in 2020, lost his job to Garibay, came back, was in a kicking battle with Gino Garcia, Made that huge kick, huge kick against Houston to send us to overtime. Makes that huge kick against Texas. 
makes the game winner after that in overtime, after he thought he had already made the game winner, and then nails the 43-yarder straight down the middle. I got to say, I know he doesn't have a 62-yard field goal on his resume. I get that. But, man, this guy has been clutch for us in three different games this year. We may not make a bowl game without this guy. We may be 4-8 and eight without those kicks. I will say, in overtime, my favorite play of the game, OU tries on the first play that little cute end-around stuff. Brent Venables, uh, Burnt Vegetables, whatever you want to call him, tries that end-around stuff. Leaves Dylan Gabriel exposed on the same side of the field that Reggie Pearson's is. And he gets hammered. Hammered. Completely legal hit by Reggie Pearson's. Oh, I love that so much. There was so much hard hitting in this game by Texas Tech. Especially by Pearson's. I love that hit by him. And look, I know he was on the ground, he, he was hurt, he got the wind knocked out of him, he came back two plays later, he was fine, oh, you could have used the timeout and he would have not missed a single play, blame that on Venables. That hit was beautiful. I saw that thing floating in the air, and I, I just wanted him to get laid out. Like, look, I'm sorry, if you put your quarterback in that position, and you have somebody throwing a little... Uh, little, I don't know, rainbow pass that takes 10 seconds to come back down into the quarterback's hands, then yeah, I, I want our guy to pop him, and he did, and he did completely legally, and it was beautiful to watch. Hey, look, that changed the momentum of the overtime, because they got a first down, and they got shut the heck down after that, and Venables should have just used his timeout so he could have got Gabriel back on the field because we stopped them on that first down, stopped them on the second down, stuffed them in the backfield on that third down. And look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you don't want your quarterback laid out, if you don't want your quarterback hit like that, don't make him a receiver or else he's going to get popped. And that's what Reggie Pearsons did. And darn sure, darn sure don't make him a receiver on the side of the field that Reggie Pearsons is on, because that's one guy on the team that will never hesitate to lay a guy out. I will say about that third down play, Joseph Adetere, he's a guy I'm really excited to watch. I'm really excited just th through what we've seen of him so far. I'm really excited to see what he becomes at Texas Tech. And that kick, I know there's some controversy. OU fans are saying that it was good. I'm just going to say, I was sitting on uh, the OU side of the field, about the 50-yard line. From my view, it looked like the kick was no good. It looked like it cut in past the uprights. And you know what? It's not a reviewable play. And uh, guess what? The official on the field uh, that's under the post, he has the best view of it, said it's no good, probably no good. Also, when I was watching it back, Obviously, it started to the right. It looked like it was cutting back in, took a little cut out when I was like pausing, going frame by frame on it. It looked like it took a little cut, cut out and then came back in. I think that was definitely behind the goalpost. I, I thought that live. Uh, I think that's seen the replay. I know people are complaining. Um, the guy with the best view in the stadium right under the goalpost said it was no good. 
that kick's no good. Sorry. If OU fans will complain about that, say that's why they lost the game, fine. Don't care. Uh, they lost the game. Then, of course, Trey Wolf from 35 yards, left hash, right down the middle after Miles Price nearly got the first down. And, whew, what a win it was. Um, OU fans will have some complaints. Don't care. Don't care to hear it. They lost the game. Um, I thought there were some missed calls going Texas Tech's way as well. Um, there looked like there was one play where Eldridge was definitely hooked uh, by a OU defend or o- OU offensive lineman, I believe, in the first quarter. Um, so, look, that's the way it goes. Maybe Texas Tech got lucky on a few plays. There looked like there was a PI that uh, we were fortunate to get called off. And I remember watching it. It was a back judge about 20 to 30 yards away from the play that threw the flag. And the guy right there didn't. And he talked him out of it. Looked on the replay like that may have been pass interference and we got away with one. But it all evens out in the end. Um, Texas Tech wins 51-48. And there are complaints from OU fans, I know. But just focusing on the Tech performance for a minute. Rand Bradley, what a day he had. Eight catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. And his long was 44 and his average was 21.6 on eight catches. That was spread out. Martinez got four receptions for 62 yards. Fungi, four receptions for 61 Miles Price got plenty of touches in the slot, six receptions for 54 yards. We didn't even see Xavier White get on the stat sheet today. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks each caught three passes. Uh, Thompson at 35 yards. Taj Brooks had 22 yards. Baylor Cup had a nice 10-yard uh, catch there. Donovan Smith even caught a touchdown pass. And I will say, if we're going to see Donovan Smith, I love him the way that he was used. He was used about 10 offensive plays in this game. Tight end, receiver, whatever it was, uh, running quarterback, whatever it was, he was used constantly in this game. And I will say I loved every second of it. And one correction, Xavier White did have one catch for four yards. But he really wasn't a huge factor today. And I think that we're starting to see Martinez grow into this slot position. I've loved the usage that he's been getting lately. I think he's a really good player. I think that we're only going to see more of him in that slot next year. But overall, I will say there were some interesting comments by Tyler Shuck after the game where he was talking about people down the building even not believing in him, which I thought were kind of weird. And then he said, screw them. Then he talked about the team and all that. I bet he's still with us for the bowl game. My guess on it is Tyler Shuck's not going to be the starting quarterback next year. I think that that's Bear Morton's job. Uh, I think Tyler Shuck's done a very good job the last three games, especially on Saturday night. He played sensationally against OU. I don't know who's going to be the starter in the bowl game. If Bear Morton's healthy, I still want him as a starter because I think he's the future of this team. I expect Tyler Shuck to transfer. Uh, He can transfer and not have to sit out a year since he is a grad transfer. Or he can go pro, which, look, if he starts and lights up the bowl game, he has a chance. I think that Tyler Shuck is a Power 5 starting quarterback with a chance to go to the NFL with uh, all his intangibles. Um, And then Donovan Smith, I really hope he can come back as the number 2 quarterback next year and play 
in the exact same role that he played against OU on Saturday. He got usage. Uh, knowing our history with QBs, there's a good chance that he may end up starting. Either way, I feel confident with our QB room going into the next year. I really hope Barron's back. I think he will be. Uh, I think Tyler Shuck is either going to transfer or go pro. I think that's okay. I think that's a good move for him. And if Donovan Smith stays, I think he can excel in the role that he'd be asked to play. If Donovan Smith leaves, I think that's good for him. I think he can be a really good starting quarterback at a G5 school and a pretty good G5 school at that. But we also have some controversy to talk about off the field. Well, somewhat off the field. There was a OU reporter... Um, I think he's a reporter in the Oklahoma City area making some interesting claims about what happened at the game. So there were a couple tweets. One of them he said, and he has like 21,000 followers, so it's no, it's not a nobody saying this stuff about Texas Tech. One of them said that we were chanting, he's a bleep uh, when D- Dylan Gabriel was on the field. I will say... That OU sideline, uh, assuming that he was there, right next to the student section, no doubt in my mind that a group of students may have been chanting that. No doubt in my mind that may have happened. Um, I think every student section does stupid stuff like that. It's not good. You shouldn't do it. That's not unique to Texas Tech at all. But the other thing, there are battery accusations. He said, quote, I was not hit by a tortilla. That said, a battery whizzed about six inches in front of my sweat in front of my face, and I swear on everything I will pull to run on our test. So, first off, judging by this guy, I don't think he's pulling a run our test on anyone. Um, second, I don't believe this happened. And look, I am not somebody, I'm a nice guy. I wouldn't call anybody a liar. So I'm just gonna say I'm I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying I think he's full of crap um, because I think that's way more nice than saying he's a liar. And then he went on and said, no, he doesn't have any proof. Like, no, I didn't because I thought the battery thing was just a standard occurrence in Lubbock. I didn't realize these people would act legitimately defensive as and act as if I accuse them of a crime. Okay, uh, first off, throwing batteries at people is definitely a crime. So you are accusing them of crime. Then he said, so I was unaware that tech fans deny the battery thrown thing and believes that such reports are a conspiracy. I'll get to that. Uh, I thought it was just a thing that happened in Lubbock and everybody accepted it as normal. I didn't know I'd be accused of fabricating a battery story. So this is interesting because there have been battery accusations against Texas Tech before back in 07. OU players. And now this was never proven false. It was also definitely never proven true said that they had to wear their helmets all game and could hear coins pinging off their helmets and batteries were being thrown at them. Except for a deep dive a few years later, looking at the footage, even the players saying that was happening to them and that the Oklahoma media ran with the story on were on the sidelines throughout the game. Different points in the game. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Not wearing their helmets. So there are there's no way to disprove it. But all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. Is that. 
there are holes in the story from the guy claiming batteries were thrown at them and they could hear coins pinging off their helmets that they weren't even wearing their helmets on the sideline, but they expect us to believe that, oh, no, but batteries were being thrown. But no, we wouldn't wear our helmets. Why would we do that? After, of course, they lost that game in 07 and ruined their national title chances. And now this guy, a journalist, a journalist, hosts his radio show, appears on TV, is trying to, one, convince us he was going to run our test the student section, which I'm sorry, I'm not a big guy and you're skinnier than me. You're not run our testing anyone. Two, has no evidence Three says he doesn't need evidence because, oh, I assumed it was commonplace and well-known when it was his own school that started the rumor and there were holes poked in the story and no proof and all the holes poked in the story disproved everything they said. And now, to be fair to that OU player, they did present a picture of a battery. Of a battery. Now, when it was reverse Google search, it was shown that battery went from a image with a model train set. Uh, so that wasn't the battery thrown. If any battery was, which I highly doubt, we're not the o- former Oakland Raiders here. But no, he needs to go and try to get clicks and likes for his 21,000 followers. And all he'll do is denigrate a school. And then if you call them out on it, uh, saying you have no proof, I doubt this actually happened. Why didn't you report this? He'll say, I just assumed that was commonplace and normal in Lubbock. What a joke. What a joke. Anyways, moving on from that, moving on from Battery Gate. uh, The guys obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty clear the story is not true. It's pretty clear the story is not true. Why would it not be reported? Like, Look, there were OU fans, there was one OU fan when I was in the bathroom that would not stop yelling about how tech sucked. And then I talked to him, and he, I this guy was on, on the urinal for two minutes or something. I, I, I talked to him, and he just kept saying that we have a bleep program. And I was like, all right, well. And then he said, how long till y'all beat us? Well, it was about two hours, and we beat your butts. Um so they're six and six. We're seven and five. They're making up stories. And there were OU fans behind me actually saying, no, calls that went their way weren't the right calls. I, it, One or two people, a section in the student section, a few people, that doesn't reflect the entire fan base. And I don't think this battery thing is true. I'm sorry. I don't think so. Also, there's some talk about why are we storming the field for a six and six OU team. All I'll say about that is, if we win home games, I don't care if we storm the field every single home game. If we're winning home games, don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. And if we beat OU the last time we get them in Lubbock as they leave for a bigger paycheck, and we storm the field because we just had our best Big 12 record since 5-4, and four, and the students either came back early from Thanksgiving break or stayed through Thanksgiving break, and stayed in the cold weather, which, by the way, the fan base did not clear out at all this game. I was really impressed. At 17-0, at 24-6, they stayed throughout, even the student section. The student section was lacking, but they stayed throughout the whole game. If they want to storm the field after, I don't care. 
We won the game. If that gets more of them to show up next year, perfect. I'll take it. When I was at Tech, we won one Big 12 home game against a team not named Kansas. I will take field stormings any day of the week over the 1-13 record we had against Big 12 teams at home not named Kansas when I was there. That's not a question for me. <laughs> All right, so moving to Maui. Um, oh, by the way, just on the football front, it looks like we will either be going to the Alamo Bowl, Bowl I'm sorry, in San Antonio or the Cheez-Its Bowl in Orlando. Um, either one of them seem good. By the next podcast, we'll know where we're going. But in basketball, we fell to Ohio State. Um, Zed, they shot lights out from deep again. And so, look, if that happens, there's not much that you can do about Justice Justice Suing had 33 points. He shot lights out. We lost 80 to 73. All I'll say on the basketball front is I trust Mark Adams, trust his coaching staff, I think this is a very talented team that we have. I think they will continue to improve. Uh, Do I think that we're going to compete for a Big 12 title? No. I think it's going to take a lot of time for this team to come together. And they have a whole month with easy action. Uh, They play Georgetown on Wednesday this week that uh, I think we'll see a lot of improvement in. And I think this team will look a lot better when February, March, the tournament runs around, rolls around. I think they'll look a lot better lot better um i'm not concerned with this team yet i think this is still a very talented bunch this is still a very inexperienced bunch as well and i think that will continue to improve as the season goes along but not a great showing in maui one and two we should win out before conference play then we get tcu on new year's eve on the road and i think that's going to be our real big next test for us um, overall, I think Tech's Tech's in a good place in football. Obviously, it's improving. We're obviously in a good ba- place in baseball. Program as a whole looks really good in basketball. I think this team will struggle a bit. I don't think this team's going to be as bad as the 1920 team that was on the bubble. I don't think there's any reason at this point in the season to say they'll be worse than the 20 to 2021 team that was the sixth seed. I think this team will improve. They're a competitive team. They're missing it at a few spots right now. Uh, Bacho had a heck of a tournament. Pop Isaacs looked really good for most parts of the tournament. Uh, Kerwin Walton didn't get much time. That's going to be something to watch going forward. We'll see a bit more against Georgetown. uh, See if he can get his rhythm back. But overall, been a a good week for us. Been a good week for us. I will say best record in the Big 12 since 2009. I really appreciate y'all tuning into this podcast. Wasn't quite something I expected that I would have uh, this football season. Really glad I have. Text Tech's obviously on the right trajectory. Uh, I think that we're going to be talking about a lot bigger things to come next season. Um, heck, if we would have beat K-State, if we would have beat K-State, we would be preparing for the Big 12 title game right now. And, I mean, for where we were at coming into this season, the bookies had us at five and a half wins. And the odds were better on taking the under. It was more likely that the under would hit than the over. Uh, Texas Tech's in a great position this season. Um, 
I appreciate all of y'all for tuning in. Uh, I look forward to basketball season. It's going to be not the most energetic December with all that we have, uh, but we'll have plenty of transfer portal news. We'll preview the bowl game next week a bit. Not a deep preview, but we'll know who we're playing. Get to talk about that some. But uh, I appreciate all of y'all listening. And until next week, thank you and wreck them.